Hello and welcome to the second part of Nostalgia of Ember, the classic 1988 comedy Scrooged. Now why Scrooge? I hear you ask. Well, anyone who knows me knows that I don't do Christmas. I think it should be banned until at least December. This is one of my pet peeves is that Christmas starts earlier and earlier each year. In fact, some stores in Britain have their stuff out eh, as early as July. Anyway, because of this stance, people have called me Scrooge. Funnily enough, Scrooged is my favourite Christmas movie. So let's get the cast out of the way first and foremost before we delve into this little festive treat. First up, of course, we have Bill Murray, Callan Aaron, John Glover, Bobcat Goldthwait, Carol Kane, Robert Mitchum, Alfred Ward, John Forsyth and David Johansson. This was a tough one to pick because I was also going to do Ghostbusters 2, as this was the first film I saw when I was a kid that I remember anyway. I remember sure my mother took me to a few Disney shorts and such, you know, but um, this is the first thing I saw when I was a kid. I think I was about 10 when I saw it, and I loved it. And it would also fit quite nicely into this festive horror-ness thingy that I've got, I've got going as a comedy spin on the Victoria festive short story, A Christmas Carol. So we go with Scrooge. I love how the opening of this is so deliciously and Christmas, with Santa's workshop getting taken over by terrorists and the fact that Mrs. Claus is hacking. Also Lee Majors, a hilarious camel, comes in with a fecky off minigun and mows down the bad guys. The other evidence are classic also, such as the occasion Christmas with the gator chasing after the, the, the guy in the gondola. Also, Father Loves Beaver, IBC, you'll it. <laughs> anyway, spot the shrink from the Lethal Weapon movies as a TV executive. It isn't the first time I'm going to bring up the Lethal Weapon, but here we go. Uh, Frick Cross's reaction to Scrooge to the wholesome advert would probably be me. However, his Paul Verhoeven take on the whole thing, which is a teeny wee bit too much for my taste. <laughs> uh, my second favourite character in this is Bobcat Goldthwait, fresh from Police Academy movies. He's done three of them. Uh, I know he's done more, but it's 1988, so it would have been three. As Elliot Loudermann, as a TV exec, he goes completely bugs for Madman, of a gun-toting Madman. Uh, which brings up the long-suffering Grace Frank's assistant with the tiny Tim of this movie, her mute son. I think this was the first movie I actually saw story or stopnology, yeah. I think that's how you pronounce that, <laughs> um, being given its due, actually. You know, this is one of my favourite podcasts, by the way. <laughs> Just a little piece of information there. Ah, yes. Then it brings me on to Robert Mitchum, the slightly nutty owner of IBC. Um, with the whole pop dangling the string a la Kojak with a lollipop sting. Yeah, I wouldn't surprise me if that happened in real life, to be honest. <clears throat> now, on to Frank's rival, John Glover. I love him in Gremlins 2, playing the same kind of part, but more big kid-like and less cut. I also liked him in Smallville as Luke Luther's dad, and as the crazy professor in the fantastically awful Batman and Robin. <laughs> Hmm. One thing that pisses me off is street performers uh, because they set up in a high traffic area, which takes up a lot of space. Uh, they should be banned from doing this. In Glasgow City Centre, it's really bad for this. In some streets, you can't even go 20 feet without a skirt or a puppeteer or even worse, a bloody Bible basher. Oh, I should also 
to say to you that the buskers that, that Frank tried to show off are actually Paul Schaefer, Miles Davis and Larry Colton. The speech Frank gives his brother pretty much true. Uh, as people go over Christmas and spend so far too much money on it and stress out to the max over what one day of the badly overcooked bone dry turkey, rock solid Brussels sprouts nobody likes and other what nobody eats apart from when it is the quote festive season in December. Yes, the former head of the IBC was right. Do not take out in the Bacardi, even though maybe not, maybe just the dark rum, as I can't stand that stuff. Although I do love the fact how the Bugs Bunny slash Lunatons bullet holes pouring out the drink after he drinks it. it was a take much, but still, hey, this goes with the tone of the movie, I suppose. I've always wanted to know one thing: the bit where Frank coughs up the, the golf ball. Why does it not shatter the glass table as it bounces off it? Mm. The other thing I love about this movie is how they torture the network sensor. I love it how she gets hit with the fake street lamp and then with the set and then with the barrel with her on the movie. I just love that one. Which brings me on to Frank's girlfriend, movie Karen Al, or as her character name is, Claire, who was too good for him anyway. She was all, I want to see the world, and he was all, I want to run a rail with the world. Mm, that's not going to work very well. Anyway, however, I do want Bill Murray's snark all the way through the movie. And... Mostly these other movies, such as the Ghostbusters, Groundhog Day, and even Zombieland. See, his part was the only good thing about that movie. The only thing I actually liked about it, because the rest of it was a bit pretty much pandering to millennials. But anyway, moving on. Note the date on Frank's watch says 12 noon on the 23rd of December, even though it's supposed to be Christmas Eve. Ooh, tut tut there. Ah, yes, the 80s, when movie stars don't have perfect teeth and didn't have perfect bodies. Now, that's what other one of my pet peeve is bad, which is why I hate that close-up of John Glover's teeth. But anyway, moving on. The speech he gives out the there's no I in team. This is true, however, as I find out there is a me in team, and in some teams, the me is more important than the actual teamwork themselves. Hmm, charmers what they are. The joke that Bill Murray uses after he drenches the poor waiter who he sees is on fire was actually a dig at Richard Pryor. Because apparently he set himself on fire. Uh, I don't know. I mean, look it up yourself, I suppose. <laughs> mm. Now, moving on to the ghosts of Christmas past. The other part of the movie that I really love. I love the snark and the banter he has with, with Murray. Oh yes, and Spot, Billy's brother, playing his dad, well, Frank's dad, in this. Ah yes, the 50s, where you could smoke heavily while being heavily pregnant. I love that one. Also, that kind of happens in the 80s also. Not not so much today, but it did happen hugely in the 80s. But anyway, the, the, the part with Frank's mother and talking to young Frank always brings a little tear to my eye, which is then swiftly gone. Which has come, talks about how Frank did nothing but sit in his ass for 15 plus years. <laughs> I just love that line. Whole little house and prairie joke was hilarious, I found. And the flash forward to the 60s, where office parties actually took part in the office and not into overpriced bar or restaurant where you can never do anything at all and get bloody well hammered. Now, let me see what's the. Oh, yes. Note the Indiana Jones reference on the back of the magazine that Claire hands Frank, which is a gag about Karen, Ar Karen Allen being Indy's wife or girlfriend or whatever the hell she is in the movies. <laughs> 
Uh, book about Chinese food, of course, was taken off for that myth about cats and dogs being used for meat. I also love it when a ghost of Christmas past cat drives off. You can hear a cat run over in the background. <laughs> That's kind of sick of me, but hey, I love a good joke. Ah, yes, which brings us to the Frisbee Dog set. Spot the Dick plus Laura heart on a tree in the background. That is actually Dora and his wife, Laura director and producer of this movie. I should also say what the ghosts take Frank to conceive of 1955, 1968, 1979, 1971, the present aka 88, the year 2000 and finally 2010 and 2020 ish. Ah yes, poor Ellie, no bugs nuts. First he gets fired and soaked from his booze and then gets his money stolen off a bum. Poor guy. Ah yes. To Claire's oil work, the Reach Out program, which has the sassy black chick, which is a staple of most 80s, 90s, noughties, and even teen comedy nowadays. What is it with the sassy black chick? <laughs> anyway, moving on. It brings us to John Houseman as the narrator who sadly died shortly after filming on the 31st of October 1988, which was just weeks before the film's release on November 22nd, 1988, I think it was. Uh, the Ghost of Christmas Presents. I also love her. Carol Kane apparently ripped Bill Murray's lip during filming and the film had to be put on hold for seven or so days until it healed. I also love the sign that introduces herself that says the ball breaker sweet and not the nutcracker sweet. <laughs> I think that's a cracker joke actually. Oh, yes, definitely. Carol Kane hated doing the quote rough stuff end quote that she had to do with Murray and asked that it could be cut back a little. However, even though she did hit him with an actual toaster and ripped his lip open, but you know, guess artists got to suffer for their art now. Oh, yes, and notice the free Africa poster in the kitchen of Gracie's family, which was also spotted in Luther 1 and 2, I believe, is in all of Richard Donner's movies. Up till South Africa was actually freed. <laughs> ah, the belly blow. The dog in Frank's brother's house is Bud from Murder Children, and also Frank's brother's wife is Fraser and Just Shoot Me's Anna. Hot in Cleveland's Wendy Malik. I believe she's actually credited in this movie, I don't believe, but anyway, moving on. And yes, when John Glover shouts at Bill Murray, hey, Joker. Get off this set, that's because he was supposed to play the Joker 1989's Batman. Have went to the scenery chewing Jack Nicholson. <laughs> ah, yes, poor Alfred Wood actually got elbowed by Bill Murray after he sees the Ghost of Christmas Future, well, the TV version of it anyway, for the first time. I guess, as it says, you have to suffer from your art sometime. Brings us to almost the end. Yes, this is going to be a really short podcast, I believe. Spot Richard Donner's brother as the director in the booth, which I believe he is in every one of his movies, most notably the Lethal Weapon movies, where I believe he plays the captain. I love it when Bobcat finally goes nuts. I mean, would you just love to take out the frustrations on your boss? Maybe I'm not with a double barrel shotgun, but still, put your boss in his or her place for once in a lifetime. <laughs> I also like how the actual ghost of Christmas future is a giant puppet with a TV in its head. 
The future he first takes Frank to is supposed to be 2000 with Chris's youth son and a mental wards. And I just love how the 80s thought the millennium was going to be completely bug nuts and slanty and all over bloody shot. <laughs> uh, then 2010 to Claire's future uncaring greedy self, who was very much channeling Joan Collins' circuit dynasty era. And finally to Frank's death in 2020. Odd, I guess. I mean, it doesn't actually say, but I'm guessing it's 2020-odd. So this brings us to the happy ending. Frank finally changes his way and helps people. Complete with put a little love in your heart. That almost puts a huge smile on my face. And I can't help singing along with. And that thing will get stuck in your head for hours, if not days later. <laughs> Before I wrap it up, the feed me see or feed me now... It's actually a reference from the Shaw Horrors, which Murray is in playing the sadistic dental patient. So to wrap this wrap up nostalgia number and this whole thing, I'm going to say don't forget that next week kicks off my Christmas horror season, or as I'm calling it, December to Dismember, with 1974's Black Christmas, the 1988's Sad Deadlight 2, the 1980's Christmas Evil, and finally to wrap up the year is going to be New Year's Evil. So don't forget to follow me on Here's Johnny's Pod and email suggestions you'd like me to review at Review at gmail.com. Oh, and I almost forgot, I give this an 8, 7, 8 out of 10, because this is a real Christmas show. But anyway, don't forget to have a little love in your heart. And the world could be a better place. <laughs> anyway, bye.